Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gap fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather on the table to talk about sex, Ugh. identity, culture, <laughs> what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought. Buenos dias, homigos. <laughs> I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and my sexual orientation is tired. I'm so tired, you guys. I'm just exhausted. <laughs> I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. My sexuality is passion fruit LaCroix, and my gender is Pomplamoose! Oh LaCroix. God, wow. <laughs> That's honestly really good. Pomplamoose is great. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a writer, reader, former figure skater, and my life's motto is can't top, won't top, never top. Yeah. <laughs> Surprising everyone. And in the studio today, subbing for Thomas Teeps Pico is uh, another Thomas, a better Thomas. Oh, no! An upgrade from the Thomas. That is a fighting word. That is white supremacy. You, you will not wake up tomorrow. Thomas Page McBee is in the studio. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you. And I'm an author, a journalist, and a constantly failed porn stash. Oh, oh, that's a really good one. I also self-identify. Yeah, I am ready and waiting. I can't for do that it. Why can't I make it? I, thank you. So <laughs> thank you. So Joe, what you what you got on the menu for us? This yeah. Week? So hi everyone. This week we swipe right on jocks. We walk away from fame. We are, as always, very mask for mask on this podcast, <laughs> and. For all of you listeners, we know so many of you out there are in your teen years. Don't worry. We age gracefully. You dictate that menu as if someone has just got like a clamp on your balls. Just like like tightly. I'm in a chastity device right now. That's my my sexuality is wearing a chastity device. It's for the life of the show. Take it away. (laughs) Mm. I'm feeling a bit Hackish. Uh, so we'll start the top of this show the way any good top should. A little tease, a little thing to wet your palates. It's our amuse-bouche. So mm. we're going to amuse your bouches today with a little round of swipe right, swipe left. Yes, yes, yes. If you're not familiar with swipe right, swipe left, it is a game wherein we I list a bunch of pop cultural phenomenons and we deliberate. Do you want to swipe left or do you want to swipe right? And and left is the bad one. Is the bad one. <laughs> Just like you If you're not, if you're no <laughs> longer on dating life. apps or have never got on them like me, um, you might not know that. So. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll start with um, sports. <laughs> <laughs> Fran, why don't you go uh, ahead and lead us um, off? <laughs> I... I've heard. I respect people who like the sport. I, you know, <laughs> totally respect, you know, their preferences and like how they identify. <laughs> but it's just not for me, you know. They're born like that. I think. I think that. I it's like, like that. You know, it's so gay that it's the broad word sports. Like I was no like, which sport? Thank you, I I'm gonna swipe right because I like some sports because you like. 
watching them. <laughs> no, I, because yeah. you perform. Because is you... figure skating a sport? No, it's not. It oh, is. No, it's you're, about to, you're about to. Do not show. Throw this microphone across the room. Now, throwing the microphone would be sporty. That would be. You know be what, Joe? A triple left is sporty. So shut your face. Yes to sports. Yes to figure skating. Yes to gymnastics. Olympics. Yes to the people who play sports and the fact that the Olympics are apparently a giant sex party, which I love. Love it. <clears throat> I swipe right. I swipe right. Even though I don't really partake anymore, I swipe right. I swipe right. Yeah, I swipe right as yeah. well. Yeah, so God. Right. I love Sorry, friends. Y'all are just <laughs> totally isolating me. I feel really left out. Okay, uh, swipe right, swipe left. Tina Knowles Instagram. Mm. Swipe right. Oh my god. Swipe yeah, right. Swipe right. Followed. Oh my yeah. god. It's, it's my so favorite thing. It's yeah. like self care. It's so true. <laughs> I I like it because like I I love that she like she opens up her Instagram and she like talks into it like it's a vlog, but like condensed into five seconds. She'll be like, hey guys, I'm at Costco, just had brunch. Okay, bye guys. And like, you're like, what? (laughs) What are you? She has no idea what social media is or does, but that makes it so earnest. It's like watching Dennis use Twitter. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What do you do on Twitter? Um, I don't know. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally, I tweet something and be like, "Is this how it works?" <laughs> Basically, yeah. Tweeting, yeah. "Is this thing on?" Hello. This, I don't know, but yeah, no, I love everything. Tina knows I love everything. Yeah, everything. Same. Swipe right, swipe left. Nipple play. Uh, so no. Oh, Thomas, no. it really? Yeah, it's never done it for me. Wow. Yeah. I support. I support it. I support have, it. Very uh, nipple play positive. <laughs> nipple play positive. I have I have like four different types of nipple clamps. Some that are adjustable Wait, and really? then some that are harder and softer on the nipples and some with like plastic things on the end and some with metal things. I love nipple wow. play. Wow. I would never invest in nipple clamps unless they were like no. Dior nipple clamps. <laughs> like, yeah. like I want them to be like, like designer, and, like yeah. solid gold this nipple is, clamps. This is like exactly with, like, the Celine logo on them. This is exactly <laughs> you and me where I do what I do with headphones where I'm like, I'm going to lose them. I'll buy four pairs. That are all seven. I'm like, let me buy this four hundred and fifty yeah. exactly. dollar pair. Of uh-huh. I, I mean, like, why couldn't you just use like binder clips for nipple clamps? If you're oh, I've done it. that before as well. <laughs> okay, I mean that um, that works. Name a thing, it? and I put it on my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna swipe left because I don't care to have anyone playing with my nipples. They're mm. very sensitive, and it just hurts. But I will play with yours if. It, oh, if it works for you, yeah, same. Dennis, just a, a, a thing to say that one of the ways to make your nipples a little less. Uh, sensitive is nipple play. Like no, clamps. thank you. I, 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 I mean, I understand. That's how life works. Yes, like, correct. That's, <laughs> like Dennis swipes left on life. I, yeah. Like, no, no, life. No, I'm, no. Too much work. Unnecessary. <laughs> unnecessary. Um, swipe right, swipe left. Scorpios. Swipe right. Joe swipes right. Yeah. 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 I, I swipe right. I, like I find time. them crazy, but in a fantastic way. Yeah. Agreed. Very yeah. distrustful, yeah. but I kind of like that. You know, they're fairly upfront about their mm-hmm. bullshit, though. That's the thing. They're not right. like they're not like Gemini's, for example. <laughs> you not just talk incessantly about how awful Gemini's and then are. But... Every time after social media comes for us, and like, why exactly. all the Gemini talk? <laughs> because you're terrible. <laughs> you know what? I used to defend the Gemini's, but a Gemini screwed me the hell over last month, so I'm done with that. In uh, more ways but than one. Swipe right. Mm, oh yeah, you were there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not in what? the room. Not in the room. Not, not, in, the room. not in the room. <laughs> but um, swipe. We're swiping right on Gemini's. But I'll swipe left on a Scorpio. Just tell me the fucking truth. That's all I ask. Um, Be swipe, honest. Swipe right, swipe left. Pisces. 
<laughs> abstain. Yeah, me too. Oh my god, <laughs> Thomas, Thomas and Joe Scorpios. are both Pisces. <laughs> or Pisces. Yes, I'm like really divided because I feel like one Pisces in the room is like really wonderful and would not like stress me out. And the other Pisces in the room right constantly stresses me out, <laughs> even though I do love him. I'm leaving. I guess. I guess, I guess the, you're like, the Pisces that he wants to stay. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. You are, you are the wonderful Dennis so, no, would Joe like wonderful Joe Pisces. to leave. And now Joe is crying. <laughs> this decision is not True. hard for me. Swipe left. I slept with a Pisces. It was too much for me. He like recounted. Did he cry? He recounted a childhood memory mid coitus. Yeah, Correct. I was like, accurate. and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. I, I was you. like, yeah. I was like, what <laughs> is happening? I'm legit impressed that you made it to the coitus because I'm still convinced that Joe is exaggerating. He had no, no, like this is what we're like. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He had a really great butt. He had a butt that I could eat for hours. Honest, that is the thing that we're will gonna make you. Yeah. Anyway, you know, get a Gemini with the right butt in here, and Fran's gonna oh, swipe. Gemini's are yeah. great for fucking. They're oh yeah, just, no, they're, they're, they're just terrible true. for literally anything else. Yes, yeah. like like yeah. Don't Pisces are great for going to see a rom com with, <laughs> <laughs> going to see a Sufjan concert with, or um <laughs> yes <laughs> yes or oh perfect for us. Pisces are also great if you needed like a crying like actor yes. in yeah. like to a replace, commercial uh, in like a commercial true or like yeah. as a in a, in the background of like yeah. a, a film set or but you needed someone to be crying, crying. just yes. crying you yeah. would be able to do oh, that uh, yeah. like easily Absolutely. it would be incredible i wish i could cry as much as you joe oh, it's, <laughs> the, it's the best it's so cathartic crying is like breathing joe has a whole new career uh-huh. cry, double. <laughs> cry double um swipe right swipe left people who call you dude <laughs> I hate it. Well, that, that was a, that was a reaction, Joe. <sighs> left, left. Uh, swipe left. I'm gonna say right, but only because I'm trans. That's uh, fair. Yeah. You know, yeah, I feel like that's kind of affirming, but yeah. it's like I get why it's annoying, but it's affirming at the same that time. That I yeah. mean, for me, it, it's like what if someone calls me dude? I'm like, oh, you don't see me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. I accept all pronouns. Except dude. I mean, <laughs> too. Dude is dude oh my God. No, no, but it's, yeah. it was a it joke. Could it, was, be. <laughs> it was a yeah. joke. <laughs> swipe right, swipe left. Jane Fonda. Oh, swipe, swipe right. right. Let's see. Oh uh, swipe right on everything. Swipe right on her. This is even in question. Power lesbian Alex almost fell out of her chair. Everything. Did any of y'all watch her documentary? Not yet. Uh, Wait, oh, it's out? It's, so, out? it's out? Is it on it's Netflix? so good. Right? You're the Dennis of this conversation. Yeah, I don't know when I didn't know when I came out. What, oh, like, Dennis. where? Dennis didn't know when <laughs> Dennis came out. <laughs> Is it... Dennis hasn't watched Dennis yet. No. Yeah. HBO. Yeah. It's oh, on HBO. HBO. Oh, I think I, I think I have a login. Okay. Great. It's really good. Wonderful. I, I love her. I dive so hard into, like, her life as an activist, and mm-hmm. it's, like, worth it. For our second course... We have an impure thought spelled T-H-O-T, wherein our hoe of honor shares a death defying. Is that me? And (laughs) deeply. That is you. That is you. (laughs) I'm not going to live up to this at all. Um, (laughs) I am so excited for this. Um, But Thomas will be sharing a deeply slutty story. <laughs> no, and moderately slutty story. Not moderately even. slutty. Decently <laughs> slutty. You know what? An impure thought can also be like 
Post a little bit chaste. Okay, it's, it's yeah. a chaste. It's, 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 it's a post. They have been <laughs> because sometimes the sometimes the real foddery. <laughs> That's friends sexuality. Post that is truly mine because my favorite part of sex is after when it's over. <laughs> I was that, and I can go get a snack or fall asleep. Or fall asleep. That yeah. is true. That is very, that's very Taurus of you. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, when can we relax? Yeah. <laughs> when can we chill out? So good, doobie. <laughs> my favorite part is 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 the lead up, and, and my, I'm like, can we just keep lead. making out? So you're pre-sexual, <laughs> yeah. And and my favorite yeah. part is when the fist si- finally slides in. Oh yeah. wow, wow. <laughs> that, <laughs> no, that is true. I no mean, king shaming. No king shaming. <laughs> that is it, it, it is. Anyway, so now that you've had the, that intro, <laughs> yeah. it's only gross because Joe is saying it. And it's like my true. brother. True. Listening to your your dorky geeky ass brother talk about fisting. <laughs> And nipple clamp. <laughs> and nipple clamp. And doing your gross tongue. <laughs> Welcome to the Food for Thought I think show. It was the tongue, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is always the tongue. Anyway, after all that, Thomas Page McBee, what yes. do you have for us? Okay, so when you all asked me to think of a story, I immediately thought to, it's a chase story, but it's about when I was 20 and I was Ew. living. Mm, <laughs> 20. <sighs> I, I was in. <laughs> Sounds like Joe. <laughs> I was living in New York for the summer and I was like between semesters in college. So I was just like down here visiting mm. and it was before my transition. So I was like, I don't know how to explain myself, but now that we've talked a lot about astrology, I'll say I had a lot of Libra qualities and Librans mm. are famously not super aware when people are hitting on them. So just as like a kind of context. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're but, just like, what is going on? Exactly. Like, is this a sexual event? It's like that butterfly meme. Like, is this sexual event? Oh my right. God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Libra life. But the problem was I thought that I was super suave and like sort of swaggering and like I had this kind of like mm. energy. I was like this like butch queer person, very masculine. So I thought I was like hot shit. So that's the energy I was bringing. And I was working at Meow Mix, RIP. The Wait, like, what's Meow Mix? Oh my God, you guys. Oh I don't God. know what it is either. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> what is it? It's, uh, it was the Dyke Bar on Houston Street for like oh. all of the 90s and aughts. Like, oh it was very God. like famous. Oh my God. People famously kicked out guys whenever they showed up in the <gasps> bar. Like it was amazing. Like straight people would sort of wander in and get kicked out by angry lesbians. Yeah. Bring back Meow Mix. Bring oh, back Meow. Let's start a change.org. You should. It was a really amazing place. So this was like the year 2000. It was before uh, the apps and before text messaging and whatever. So I'm at, I'm, so, I, so I'm working at Meow Mix. I'm having a great summer and I'm going to change people's names. So there was like this queer poet I knew and I'm going to call her Sally who was like doing a show that night at Meow Mix, but I wasn't mm. working. And she said, hey, will you come to Meow Mix the night you're not working and babysit my friend who's a rock star? And her friend was like, up. <laughs> you're like, well, great introduction. Thank you. Right? <laughs> so, well, so I thought, like, I was taking her very literally. I was like, okay, so her friend's like a bona fide rock star. She's like famously shy or whatever. And so she was like, will you hang out uh. with my friend? And I was seeing this woman who was coming into town from Boston that night. Mm. So I'm like waiting for my, my girlfriend, sort of, but it was sort of like not official, but she's gonna come in and meet me at, at Meow Mix. And then I'm babysitting this rock star. And this is like a very famous person who was much older than me. And, you know, I didn't know what babysitting meant, but I was like, yeah, whatever. I, I don't, I'm not a celebrity person. Right. So Are was, you starry eyed or is this okay? No, I, I, I really was like, Yes, fan. But you, rec- <laughs> you recognize the person. Yes, and, and but you didn't know that this person was famous ahead of time, or you you knew. They, no, I knew who this person was. And I'm then, so sorry, I'm being so sketchy. No, about no, this. no. <laughs> I just want to like, yeah, I want to understand this setup. Anyways, continue. so so this was like my friend Sally's best friend. Got it. So I knew oh, that they had a friendship. It. I knew they had a relationship, oh. and Sally was like. 
will you just please come and like, mm-hmm. and she said the words babysit just to be super mm-hmm. clear. That's not sexy. No. No. Right? No. So I was like, okay, it's got like, it. I need to take care of this. Yes. Person. And yeah. and then she showed up, the rock star, and she was like pretty stoned. And like Meow Mix didn't have a green room, but they sort of had like roped off this special area because the rock star was there and like oh, let us God. down. Yeah, it was so wow. dorky and cute. And so we went down into the green room and I'm sort of like hanging out with the rock star and it's just the two of us. And we're like talking but like she's really stoned so i'm not like sure like we're not really like i mean it's not like we're vibing like we're just having these like conversations just, like, yeah. really stoned yeah it's just stoned hanging out downstairs yeah, yeah. and then people are like sneaking back to get that like ice but like obviously they just want to see her you know oh, my like God. it's a lot of that and then so anyway so then my friend does her performance and it's like a poem or whatever and we like watch and and i actually do become kind of a bouncer for this rock star no so way. yeah like the people are coming up and trying to like talk to her and you could still smoke inside bars then and people are like smoking uh, and like yeah, 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 yeah like yeah, yeah. burning you know our bodies and whatever and so we're all hanging out and then i you know the performance is over and i go back downstairs and i'm like hanging out with this rock star and, and sally and i'm like why is this like it's just still going you know what i mean like we're drinking and i'm like this is going on and on and i, I gotta like meet my girlfriend and i'm like why is this <laughs> lasting for so long i thought my job was over like very literal that's yeah. like kind of when you we relax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I, I thought relax. we were done, you know? Yeah, so like, so I'm down there and I'm waiting and like, finally, I, I, like, I got to say something. So I just like, hey, to the rock star, um, my girlfriend's coming to town. I just decided she was my girlfriend in that moment because I just wanted to get out of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's coming to town. She'll be here any minute. You know, again, no uh, smartphone, so there's no way to know when she's coming. So I'm just like, you know, she'll be here any minute. So I'm going to go like meet her soon or whatever and, and the rock star's like okay cool um mm. but will you rock me walk me in my car and i said sure oh. so i love i <laughs> oh, I, that I, is I love so using sad. people as an excuse to get out of a situation uh-huh. i will favorite. elevate oh. someone to, i have not met them not ever totally. and i'm like oh my boyfriend is here that's what it was oh, like oh my boyfriend <laughs> and no one shows up what happens like, no it's perfect that i'm still but gone i'm just gone the reason why you're doing it no it's also that i want them to be yeah. my boyfriend but shut up, <laughs> shut up you Dennis. Know, truth teller my favorite, are. my favorite way to leave is is not an irish an irish exit but a russian exit we're in right before you leave you tell someone that you're just gonna go use the bathroom and then you just leave <laughs> oh my god that's the best. that is so you and so and you actually it's better when you tell several people uh-huh. and then and when anyone where's fran they're like oh he's in the bathroom <laughs> and, and it's gone. a disseminating of misinformation it's wonderful maintain hours of presence so this is how they pre- this is how trump won in 2016 <laughs> 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 you just friend post to facebook things that are yeah. like memes that are fake news <laughs> Fran is still at the party he posts to facebook <laughs> so i'm going to meet the, the girlfriend but i'm not really but i'm like i gotta get out of this situation so i'm walking i'm walking the rock star to the car and it's like an escalade that's just been sitting there like idling no. for hours oh. yeah so straight up oh yeah this okay. is a very famous person like they just have a Escalate. Yeah, and I'm turned on. That escalate. <laughs> yeah, no. That <laughs> escalate. That's, who. That's all I need. That is. Uh, Dennis and I have this in common. Like yeah. anything Think like of fancy. The <laughs> yes. <laughs> anything. The environment. Oh. <laughs> no, anything fancy gets me right to go. Yeah. Fair. And but. I was not sure what was going on. So I'm like walking her to the escalate, and then she just sort of turns very abruptly. 
and leans in to kiss me. And I had <gasps> no clue Ooh. this was coming at all. Like I oh was completely shocked because I, I'm again, I'm a double Libra. I like actually didn't have any sense that there was, I, I don't think there were vibes. I don't even know what was going on, but it was like, she just sort of dived in and I was so thrown off that I like sort of backpedaled. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Like out of, out of range and said something like awkward, like, you know, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I can't do this. I'm seeing someone and sort of just sort of pivoted <laughs> and like kind of ran away. Just like, <laughs> like cha cha slided out. Yeah, of like, absolutely. Take it back now, y'all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh my God. And so ever since, like, you know, then later, I, you know, I told the girl that I was seeing about what, what had happened. And, you know, and she was like, you could have kissed her, obviously. Like, it, like, we weren't really, like, formally seeing each other. But there were no vibes. And I maintain, and it's a better story, that I didn't make out with this rock star yes. than if I did. You, you turned the yes. rock star down. I don't think anyone ever had either. Just from the, the way her face looked, it was shock. Oh, yeah. Wow, wow. It was a well, very shocked expression. Yeah. <laughs> to cha cha slide away. <laughs> That's I what mean, I tell myself to make myself feel better for how fucking weird I acted, frankly. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I probably would have just done it. So. <laughs> yeah. Would you have, though? That's my question. Like, I think I. I with I no vibes. No vibes and no lead up in your mind. No, no vibes is. I'll make I'll make out with anyone famous. I just won't date <laughs> them. That's that's I what I'm trying. That. That's what I'm trying to say without saying it. <laughs> he said because it because I have a little bit of grace. <laughs> Literally, I will, I will make out with I, any famous person. I just can't date someone more successful. I than me. think I I oh I would love to date someone more successful than me. Please <laughs> change my life. Someone more successful than me. Slide into my DMs. I, I feel like that's is that like a trope? And I'm asking because I've never been in a relationship. Is that is there a trope <laughs> in relationships where like you have your like your free pass? celebrity or yes. your free yeah, pass yeah, 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 you're yeah, like yeah. so what were your what would your free press celebrities be what would yours be um what's his name um, <laughs> mary <Gordon>. oliver <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah, yes actually probably michael b jordan oh that's a good one that is a good one who's your free pass Dennis? so there's this actually guy that i just discovered two days ago that i'm kind of obsessed with he's <laughs> he's on this show called single parents <laughs> And he just came out as fluid. His name is Jake Choi, and I am all Jake Choi. He's so hot. Like I'm all about. Like I'm obsessed. Maybe he'll slide into your DMs. Jake Choi slide into my DMs. <laughs> Other than the rock star, obviously this rock star was not for you. No. But like what would your free? Who would your free pass celebrity? Rihanna. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Obviously fair. <laughs> fair. Rihanna is crazy. She's so hot. She- this episode of Food for Thought is brought to you by new underwear brand CDLP. They are taking the market by storm since their launch just a couple of years back with their super soft and eco-friendly boxer briefs. They've been featured in magazines like GQ, Esquire, and the Financial Times' How to Spend It. You can find their undies at respected retailers such as Barney's, Mr. Porter, and MattressFashion.com, at the Soha House stores, and at their own website, CDLP.com. I have to say, they sent all of us thoughts, some cute little undies. I got the boxer briefs, uh, and I put a little selfie on my Instagram story in them and got like a gajillion DMs. So they're eco-friendly, but also make your booty look tight. Uh, You can check them out at CDLP.com. And you can, you little food for thought listeners, get fifteen percent off at checkout when you use the code food for thought. As always, that's food the number four and thought spelled T H O T. Get your booty in the undies. Mm. It's time to get to the meat of our discussion. The thought process spelled T H O T. 
And today's topic is masculinity. Masculinity. As once said by renowned gender theorist and public intellectual Cher. (laughs) I don't know her. (sighs) Shut up. Um, Men are like dessert. I adore dessert. I love men, she says, but I don't need them to live. (laughs) Um, The conversation around men has drastically shifted in the last year and even in the last few months, Mm -hmm. honestly. And for the first, because for the first time in recorded history, men are being held accountable to their actions. Still not enough. TBH. More. We need more. Accountable ish. Um, But yeah, men are a national problem. You guys, like, (laughs) this is. But. The thing that we want to dive into today is like, what's masculinity got to do with it? Uh, and what's gender got to do with it? The patriarchy has no gender, according to bell right. hooks. Correct. Um, and masculinity is not exclusively owned by cis men. Correct. Um, for queer folks, for trans folks, masculinity can be a life-giving or identifying uh, identity-affirming thing to take refuge in. Yeah. Um, and I know that masculinity is also something that has influenced all of our identities at one point or another. Um, in some way. So to start us to start us off, I'm wondering, what is your first or earliest memory of masculinity or the performance of it? Mm. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of six hundred seventy-seven dollars with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Health care is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $350 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. And you don't want to miss Hello Somebody with Senator Nina Turner on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I love Hello Somebody simply because I love Nina Turner. She's fearless. I'm Nina Turner. Hell-raising humanitarian, sister in the struggle, and recovering elected official. Listen to Hello Somebody every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, a question. I, uh, it's funny. I feel like 
in my youth, the only memories I have of masculinity were ones of abject torture, mm. to be honest. How so? uh, I, you know, I, I had the blessing. So I grew up in a very small town, a town that was driven by toxic masculinity, poor white folk, a lot of loggers and farmers, people who worked in manufacturing. Um, there's a lot of uh, sort of that notion of what it means to be a man that was actually very hard on the men in my hometown. It's what Bell Hook says about the ways in which masculinity and patriarchy are hard on men. Mm. It was a very hard economic time in the 90s in my hometown. And, and a lot of the men were losing their livelihoods. And therefore, because of the expectations of, of patriarchy, they felt like they were losing their entire humanity. Mm because the global ec economy was shifting away from the types of work that were in my hometown. Uh, it was driven, it was a town driven by toxic masculinity. And I grew up in a family that wasn't like that, mm -hmm. right? And so I grew up kind of having, I played, I, I genuinely loved sports and playing outside in the dirt, but I also loved baking and sewing. And, uh, you know, I wasn't policed for the things that I did that were masculine, but I was deeply policed for the things that I did that were feminine. And I was literally terrorized for them and like literally would walk around sort of with the fear of my flesh being harmed. Do you for, have like a specific mm -hmm. example um, or? Uh, for sort of the way that I was playing on the playground being lifted up and placed by my short belt on a chain link fence so oh that I God. couldn't move. Oh, wow. <sighs> That's, that's like terrible. cartoon level. Like, yeah. I mean, it, you know, so it, horrible. Yeah, horrifying. it just was. But that was like it was so routine as to not be extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I think not to d dive sort of too deeply in the conversation, but like uh, my adulthood has been about shedding my longing to belong mm. and sort of my embracing the joy of difference mm -hmm. and and giving joy and giving. Uh, thanks to my parents for allowing because if I hadn't had parents in a family that allowed that I, I would have had it beaten out of me and that would have been mm -hmm. toxic in a very different way because mm -hmm. uh, I would come home from these situations to an affirming family that would say no that was that was you know that was messed up mm -hmm. you know you love yeah. yourself in spite of that sort of uh, mm -hmm. bullying whatever um, what my mom would say they're just jealous which was objectively false <laughs> like, <laughs> they weren't yeah and That's so what you're things. and like your early so like what you're t saying is like masculinity was there to police you for Correct. being a wussy and now wussy is your brand it is like <laughs> and crying now, i don't even have to be put on a chain link fence Literally. to cry anymore I, yeah. I, I think That's wussy beautiful. is like on your business card like when you <laughs> hand it out like i feel like that is just so um my earliest <laughs> memories of masculinity are actually like more like machismo which is like you know mm. it's kind of a, a version of like toxic masculinity specifically in like a latinx community yeah. so like my whole dad's side of the family was just these thoroughbred mexicans and puerto ricans um and i you know i associated my own cultural heritage right. with the toxicity yeah. of like my uncles and my dad right. who would just nonstop display this hubris this like machismo this like aversion to femininity and this like gross thing that as a kid i just didn't like mm. i i was a i had an, an immediate aversion to like masculinity as a construct yeah. and never mm -hmm. had 
any desire to be a part of it. Wow. Yeah. I remember like my cousin and my cousins were like this too. It was awful. My cousins would like be wrestling and like arguing and like collecting baseball cards and I'd be I like did all that stuff. Yes. Mm. Oh my God. I would oh. be in the room, like in the back room, like reading Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> or like God. talking to my yeah. tias or something like that. Like mm. it was yeah. I just never wanted any part So you of never it. had you sort of I this is Joe, I grew up with that duality of I I had cars, I played in the dirt, I love mm. sports. So I had that and it's just that's not what was policed. Right. 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 I, that was more like my experience. Like, I think I, on one hand, like, I sort of, um, I was really, like, fascinated with, with masculinity. Mm. And in a way that was obviously later going to become very important. But my mom, I was raised by, by my mom primarily. And she had been, like, kind of a glass ceiling breaking woman. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, you know, love that. But, yeah. And so she came from, like, a working class background and ended up becoming a physicist and, like, her, the first woman in her family to go to a four year college. And so she had this very expansive view of gender. So mm. when I was, it was sort of the opposite for me. Like, when I was being, like, tomboyish, you know, it was yeah. it was it was totally fine. Like it was like encouraged. Oh, no you know? way. Yeah, yes. it was like totally. Wow. It was only as I got older that I started to see that I wasn't the same as. I, I just didn't even think in terms of being a boy or not. Like I just wow. wasn't the same as the other people around me. And then I started dealing with men who who were being toxic, like men in my own family. Mm. Uh, and then that was when I started to have more negative associations with masculinity. You know, like I was like, oh, this can be bad. Oh, <laughs> you know, wow. yeah. I don't feel like I had a moment um, that I can remember in my family where I became aware of masculinity. But there's this moment in school when I was in first grade. And I may have talked about this before at some point. I don't remember. But there were these two boys in my my first grade class. And I just remember this one moment where they were like comparing each other's arm muscles. And they were like flexing. (laughs) Classic. And I... You were there like measuring them for (laughs) them. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. And I understood that like that was something that boys did mm-hmm. and that that was something that they should do there was it would never have occurred to me to join in i was just like looking and happy to look i like I, as a little like as a little as a young person i very much always thought my space on the playground my space in my family was with the women but it's also important to note that like from a young age i had these two older sisters who were really important to me i did have an older brother but he wasn't around so much at that point and my dad was this very academic intellectual man who like it would never have occurred to him to be like let's go in the yard and like toss a football like that would never have occurred to him and it never did and it would have never occurred to me to want that to happen (laughs) so it's almost like i felt like i didn't it just didn't it was like an outside force that came in but i will say that as a young person as a very young child like spending time with my extended family because i had cousins who were like my age were a little bit older who felt the need to constantly tell me that i needed to act differently or present myself differently or Mm -hmm. try to be or bully out my softness, my, my I guess femininity as a as a little person. So yeah, I I had the exact same experience. It's like yeah. from the outside looking, it was like watching Planet Earth. You yeah, know? it was like, yes. like and here the two male primates just dis- <laughs> display their biceps. Yes, 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 <laughs> in an act of dominance. Um, yes. How do you guys? Because I'm curious about this. With with women, I've had a lot of conversations about sort of how to manage being attracted to men while also like having a problem with the way men are. <laughs> so, but I haven't had a chance to talk to people who are attracted to men who aren't, who aren't necessarily completely female identified. Mm. What do what do you guys, how do you manage that? Like, or how do you negotiate that within your own 
dating lives. It's really difficult for me <laughs> for me to reconcile men, but also want to sleep with them or date yeah. them in general. It's just like from I just like I, I my libido just recedes further and further every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm I'm just not attracted to masculinity. Yeah, like, oh, that's, really? that's okay, my. Well, I like. That, yeah. I. I like. Yeah. You know, I'm a queer person, and I date people across gender spectrums. Yeah. And one thing that turns me off, like universally turns me off, is max- masculinity. And one thing that extra turns me off is like toxic masculinity. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's pretty easy for me. That's, I yeah. tend to also be really attracted to feminine to femininity in Ugh. general, and like my partners. But also, I love to be crushed. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yes, you do. If yes, you can you be do. really feminine, but also crush my <laughs> like body. a fem top. Right. That oh, yeah. is your shit. Oh, that's that is oh, that is hose light. I'm, well, Ooh, there we go. Your Emma. I'm getting. She's about to cry. Are you okay? She's no, about to I'm, cry. Bye. I'm about to cry and pre-cum um, at the same yeah. time. Ew. <laughs> right. But no, it's it's that's a real thing. But even like this is where we think about like expanding definitions or like maybe removing some mm. of those boundaries because yeah. like I am definitely attracted to femme tops mm. i think it's i mean it gets to very much what bell hooks talks about with masculinity and the expectations of the masculine which is mm-hmm. very much about protection but that puts expectations on men that in capital i mean capitalism mm-hmm. especially late capitalism is defined by precarity right mm-hmm. so then you everyone is on the precipice of mm-hmm. immediate death and poverty and horribleness mm-hmm. and it's like we expect men to stop that but like of course they can't well, yeah. because yeah. capitalism is trash and because they created it in the first and then, place and then it's That's like true it's, too. then it's like when they fail at that then they feel horrible and we feel betrayed by them so right. it's sort of is like I, i'm kind of and i'm wondering thomas about what it felt like to transition yeah through all of these mm-hmm. expectations through because masculinity again is not gendered right no. so like what it felt to transition in your relationship to masculinity like before and yeah. during and after it's so wild because i was i'm all i've always been queer like since i was 14 right. mm-hmm. um and so i had this whole vibrant queer life and community mm-hmm. and i was very much a you know um, gender is a social construct. Post gender, post modern, post sexual, post sexual, and uh, and so it was like very startling to to have to hold this paradox of also really having you know t- dysphoria. Like I did mm-hmm. feel dysphoric about my body, and so that made me um, not become essentialist in any way, but realize that I was going to have to f- figure out some way to both be a trans man and also kind of bring all my queer politics with me, Ugh. which was so hard. How, how did you like <laughs> yeah. start to reconcile uh, that? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I transitioned at 30 and I keep thinking like, thank God I had frontal lobes because when I, so real, like dead, so real because I mean, going through male puberty as a 30 year old oh. was such a different experience and, uh, and I could keep uh. track of like how the world was treating me um, and all the privileges I was gaining but also actually all the ways I was feeling to bell hooks point cloistered and um, and act and those two that combination of things like the way I would I would leave my house and you know when at my house obviously I felt amazing in my body I loved being a man but I would leave my house and it's like I'm a woman is crossing to the other side of the street to avoid me you know because I'm a threat or I go to work and I'm like yeah. you know suddenly I'm like you know getting like promotions and what at work and like it's just like what the hell's going on yeah. and then uh in the meantime, like my mom, after a few years after I transitioned, my mom died, and um, going through grief in a male body was really hard oh, because you yeah. know, like oh. there is no room for being sad, crying. Like that's why I'm admiring your crying because I really felt like when I, I mean, this is New York, so I could cry in public all the time. Oh, obviously, yeah. I did. It's like literally, it's <laughs> that's it's like Joe completely normal. Exactly, but I just remember like yeah, yeah, feeling like people weren't touching me, mm, like friends right. weren't touching me, mm-hmm. like so. 
I ended up writing this book and, and generally getting really interested in this because I'd been reporting on the masculinity crisis more broadly, but I was feeling in myself what felt like the toxic masculinity that we were talking about as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really hard to transition and be uh, sort of trying to bring with me all of the wow. things I knew that I guess my whole humanity, uh, oh my <laughs> which, you know, because, and, and I will say like, once I started talking to people about this, I got led straight to boys, which is interesting that we brought that up yeah. at the beginning of the show because so much of where boys get socialized out of their mm-hmm. empathy um, is like a, it's a cultural thing and it happens regardless of how great your parents are or like how awesome your, mm-hmm. you know, it home does. life is, mm-hmm. right? Because it's cultural. Yeah, so you can't avoid it. Yeah. But you also can recover all of that. Let's like w- way backtrack. So like, let, I'm yeah. thinking about our, our listeners um, and there is a huge difference between masculinity and toxic masculinity. Mm. This is actually mm-hmm. something yes. I just read from one of like Thomas's tweets. Yeah. Yes. Um, like, do you actually Thomas, like, you know, Break it down for us. What's the difference between these two terms? Yeah, yeah. I, I had like a moment of going off about this because I feel like every time people talk about toxic masculinity, there's always the guy, like many guys, who are like, being a man isn't toxic. Like, that's not Hashtag the right not way. all men. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. And it's frustrating because, because actually uh, hegemonic masculinity is the academic term. Yeah, uh, yes. Yes. yes, it is. And, but if you look up, I just did this today for an article. If you look up academics, like, papers on hegemonic, hegemonic, hegemonic masculinity, you'll see that they'll often use the word toxic in relationship yep. to it. And they mean a set of behaviors that are socialized. It's not genetic or innate that we like word. teach boys um, in terms of and, and basically what's called like the man box, which is like ways that we teach boys to behave that are all about being basically not like a woman. Uh, mm-hmm. And not like a gay man. So, mm-hmm. like, the, and boys, if you have them do this like exercise where you, they have to put inside a box like everything they associate with being a man, mm-hmm. it's very upsetting. But there's like a this is like a classroom exercise, exercise sociologists do. They'll always do the same thing. They'll always write, you know, be strong, be um, dominant, right. be right. Uh, don't show feelings, mm-hmm. like um, wow. don't let anyone see you cry, don't um, don't let anyone you know push you around, like, and then. Uh, on the outside of the box, like kind of an interesting way. Sorry to get too far away from the toxic. No, thing. no, we're but here. All no, of that's no. the, we're here all, for <laughs> all of it. Okay, all of, it. Yeah. All of that. All of that's the toxic stuff because it's about domination. Um, and then they'll say, uh, okay, but think of a coach or a father or like a, a person in your community that you admire. Um, and how does he have qualities that don't fit into this box? And always they'll say things that are like you know stereotypically feminine qualities like uh well they're really there for me they're really like supportive like they're caring yeah affectionate um and so they put those outside the box and even like 10 year old boys can see the difference between what they're expected to be and what the people in their actual life do the men in their actual life that they admire um and and behave so anyway toxic masculinity is not about all men it's not about masculinity broadly it's about literally a set of behaviors that are about domination and uh, specifically dominating women and uh, other marginalized communities in order to uphold patriarchy. That's what toxic masculinity is. Claps! Claps for that! Wow! <laughs> Can we take that exercise to the White House? <laughs> and the Senate? And, and the Supreme Court? And the Supreme oh. Court? Oh, Can we push that and into the Grindr apps? I mean, we talk about masculinity and toxic masculinity be, as being a part of patriarchy that upholds a system of power. Right. Well, I think being a, a real man, yeah. you know, is like kind of the biggest, um, it's the, it's the biggest pyramid scheme. Exactly. Like, you know, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's like so many people are can't like they're so many men are 
and this is where my empathy for men comes from. It's like when you think about boys and boys who are who have like learned that mm. they have to always try to be more real mm. or try to be more the worst thing as a man to be called. And you don't understand this when you don't have frontal lobes. But the worst yeah. thing to be called is is to, a girl. Like Correct. that, and literally, that's yeah. that takes away all your power, right? Yeah. And that's the sexist world we live in. And uh, and by the way, it's not true outside of the U.S. in every other culture. It, that's a very specifically American and Western way of thinking. In exactly. Fact, in, in Denmark, uh, there was a study. Sorry to like get nerdy about no, this. No, I love this. Let's get nerdy, <laughs> girl. Where are you? But there was a, a study in Denmark that this woman did where she asked um, – this researcher I did, did who I spoke to – where she asked uh, um, boy, uh, men what, what was the opposite of a boy. And they, they said men. And, they, and in America oh. – in America, wow. they said that what's the opposite of a of a boy, and they said uh, they were girls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, but I think that the the idea that like being a real man is this unattainable thing that men can use to police each other um, and constantly make this moving target where all your energy gets cannibalized trying to be that thing. You know, and, and that poor men can imagine that they will someday be rich men, right? Exactly. And so, as opposed to like deconstructing capitalism, mm-hmm. which doesn't serve poor men, mm-hmm. they are aspiring to be the Brett Kavanaugh. Mm. Right. that is able to sexually assault, be rich, be on the Supreme Court, control other bodies, right? So they're asp- it's an aspirational. But it's unconscious, I think, I which think so is too. worth saying because I think part of why people get so defensive about this is that Correct. they're like, I didn't know. or They've I've been brainwashed yeah. their whole life. Right. And yes. my, my moral ground on this is like, fair enough, if you've never ever heard anyone actually break this down yeah. and then this is your moment of like, Oh wow! I had no idea. I learned like this. I learned this as a boy. I had no idea. Like okay, like take the moment and like change your life. I don't know, but like like at this point, once you know it, <laughs> change it. Yeah. But that's the paradox: is that like yeah. toxic masculinity is the thing that makes us think that we can never be wrong, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. why it makes right. it right, so right, difficult right, right, right. to argue with toxically yeah. masculine people. It's true when it comes to like overcoming these problems when it comes to like tackling things Mm. like toxic masculinity and how to quote unquote Mm. fix it i think for me like one of the first steps is to like be uncomfortable in the conversation like one of the first things you have to do is to opt into being uncomfortable i was uncomfortable trying to prepare for this episode (laughs) you know i was uncomfortable trying to wrap my head around my relationship to my own masculinity Mm. which is why i want to ask the question of the table can you recall a moment wherein you surprised yourself with a toxically masculine act Yes. Mm. Oh my God. Do you have? Do well, you... only because I just wrote a book about this. So yeah. I, I have like two a books. Few. <laughs> <laughs> but but, I, <laughs> but mm. I mean, one thing I learned early on. Uh, this was shocking for me. It was mm. uh, because I'm trans. I was shocked to discover my own sexism. Um, uh, which like happened for me I, my book is about boxing and I uh, was training for this fight in order to ask why men fight uh, but I committed to like asking every question that came up along the way mm. so when I was in my training there was early on I was um, paired with this woman who had way more experience uh, she had a year of experience boxing I had like two months um, and so our, our coach was trying to get us to fight each other and this was in the middle of a boxing gym and traditionally like women and men sometimes are paired up but like the man's always on defense and the woman's hitting and, you know, obviously most people don't, most men don't want to hit a woman just because of a lot of reasons. But in this case, she was like, please hit me. Let's do this. I'm, uh-huh. I, she was better than me by like a million billion times, you know? Uh-huh. So, but I really resisted it. I didn't want all the other guys to see me, you know, in like in a match with this woman. I felt really nervous about it. And uh-huh. like, I was really like, I don't want to. And then that made me think like, you know, I went to work and yeah. like, you know, cause I was working and, 
um, when I was at the at the gym, and I was noticing all the ways at work I was doing these little microaggression things wow. towards women. <gasps> yeah, it was wow. so sad and upsetting. Wow. But I I was committed to this process, so I wrote it down. I was like, how many times have I talked? Do I talk over a woman in a meeting versus oh. a man? How many times do I send an email, respond faster to an email, you know, to a man versus a woman? And like, mm. I just sort of charted it out, and I was like, definitely evidence. Like, I have internalized sexism. Of course, I have. We all do. Yeah. But like just seeing it like that starkly presented was really upsetting. And so I had to like try to work to undo it. And like I did. And I ended up fighting the, the woman that was, uh, she totally kicked my ass. <laughs> yeah. Go her. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love yes. that. Especially since yeah. it's like, you know, toxic masculinity is like this odorless gas. But like yeah. part of the thing we can do to fix it is by turning your brain onto it and starting to be aware of it. And then all of a sudden, like the gas like turns blue. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, whoa, this is everywhere. Like yeah. it's yeah. like truly everywhere. <laughs> so key takeaways. Um, be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, wake up to mascul- mm-hmm. toxic masculinity in general. Like turn your brain onto it. Um, have women friends in your life listen <laughs> get feedback what, oh what, uh, <laughs> what else do we have what else we're do we turning have? the world over right what now. are some other Realize key takeaways if you are mask that you have a gender too so ah, that, yes. like that's part of it yes yeah, so I think just even making it visible is like a, a big part of it for a lot of guys, like just realizing mm-hmm. they have a gender at all. Or buy Thomas Pagewinkie's book, Amateur, <laughs> which is like an, an incredible lesson in basketball. Well, and also, general. you know, de- thank you. There's a um, there's a psychologist I talked to, Niobe Way, the one who talked to boys. She had this great thought, and this maybe, I don't know if this happens in the gay community as much as with straight white, uh, straight guys, straight white guys, definitely. Uh, but <laughs> like, uh, but there's, they, there's this idea, you know, around good men versus bad men, like right. I'm a good for man. Sure. And, and that, gay men, yes, absolutely. Okay, so like that trope is so problematic because if there's for there to be good men, there have to be bad men, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. So she suggested an alternative, which you reminded me of with the status quo mm-hmm. comment, which is um, not "Am I a good ma- man?" but "How am I maintaining the status quo?" Correct. And mm-hmm. I think that that's Absolutely. I ask myself that every day, and it's really helpful. And that's a, that. <laughs> it was there was a great um, video on Facebook about how the same thing is set up around race, mm-hmm. where it's yes. like in order to be racist, you have to be consciously racist, use the n word, and it's actually like no, we're all bought into the status quo. Mm-hmm. So instead of asking like am I racist or am I not it's like how am I main- how am I working to maintain exactly. or not yes. maintain the racial status quo Definitely. and the same thing is there with and gender. whiteness and toxic masculinity are completely entwined yes. <laughs> snaps to that so I've got that feeling where I'm like really full but I could fit one more thing inside of me Fran knows what I'm talking oh, about. Me. <laughs> Bye. Oh, me. Bye. Fran is having sex again. Just so oh. everyone in the world knows, Fran is having sex again. Oh, my God. It's But by the time wow, this airs, will she be? He's in, he's in his camel period of, he's in the hump. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm storing, I'm storing water in to go through the desert. Literally so in the hump. our dessert this week is a thing that I just find, I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> Don't even understand. It's like my favorite thing. It is being a faggot in my 30s oh wow being in your 30s being in my 30s it's it's what about it so i feel like you know my 20s weren't a bad time but i it was still a time of massive self-discovery i didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't have sex with a man until i was in my 20s i didn't you know move to a big city until i was in my 20s i was sort of uh in grad school i was still kind of figuring out that i was even a writer uh and, and the discovery was really exciting um but at the same time being in my 30s, it feels like unfuckwithable mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. Unfuckwithable. That, that just feels really great, Agreed. where like 
I know who I am and I know what my values are. I've invested a lot of time in a certain number of relationships that are very important to me. And so I'm not like desperate for friendships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, I, for the first time in my life, I'm not desperate for a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, if you come to <laughs> Dennis, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to second Dennis's uh, disconcerned <laughs> groan. <laughs> I did, Twitter, Joe. It, Twitter, feels, Joe. it feels as though this is a period in my life where I am invested in the best the best for myself and the best the best that I can do for the world Mm. and you know that that discovery was super important but it's sort of landed in a way Mm. it's just landed yeah I hear that I think um, (laughs) Dennis doubts it I think that no I I think that for the most part that's really legit other than the the part about relationships (laughs) because we have your Twitter receipts but um, I just because I hate my ex doesn't mean I'm fine being single I'm not fine. I'm fine being single. I also uh, hate my ex. Did you see here how you were? You were Sam Moore, Sam Moore, girl. Sam Moore. Listen, li- li- I don't even have to expose Digging you. that grave, honey. Um, so Shut this up, is girl. this, but this is where our like I think the, this the things that we think about are are a little bit different because th- those things that you talked about that that are so great about being in your 30s, like those are not the things that have ever sort of intimidated me or scared me, and that mm. just the ways in which we're different. Like I've always you know, had amazing relationships in my life and, and those kinds of things. But my sort of like fears or the thing, the things that I feel like were difficult about my twenties. Um, I mean, there was a lot of loss that I suffered in my, in my twenties, mm. like just because my parents had me when they were a little older, like I was pretty fairly young, like in my early twenties when they started having like serious health issues. And then when my, my father passed away, mm. um, I was mm. 24. So there was a lot of loss in those years when I had kind of moved through life always feeling like I was like sort of under a lucky star or something. And there was just a series of years where it was very difficult. And so that was hard. And then having to rebuild my life in these unexpected ways and having Mm. to grow up really quickly in ways that I um, wouldn't have expected to was like very difficult. But what I appreciate about that is that I think that there's a lot of that that happens in your twenties anyway. So like I was always scared of everything all the time. I was scared of if I, Mm. if I didn't have a job Mm -hmm. or, or something like, like I was scared of that. I was all, I just every single trapping of your life that comes with like adulthood when mm-hmm. it comes to like moving through and making sure you're taking care of yourself and providing for yourself what you need. Um, I was like scared to do. And I don't live underneath that fear anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that I'm scared of, but I also feel like I have built myself up before into mm-hmm. a great life from what felt like nothing to me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can do. I can look back at my life and say, if I have to go back to that place again, I can do it and I can get myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what being in my 30s means. It's like, it's it's knowing my value. It's knowing the direction I want to move in in the world. And it's knowing that I to some extent and in certain ways I can sort of do something I couldn't do before to step out on, on particular kinds of faith Mm. and, and trust that I'm going to work it out and, Mm. and make it happen for myself because I've done it before. Thomas. I love being in my thirties. Yeah. I mean, I, but I've Mm. always known and then I I transitioned at 30. So maybe Mm -hmm. on some Mm -hmm. deep unconscious Mm -hmm. level, I kind of knew this was coming and just born. I was like ready and waiting, but you know, I was thinking too, you know, when, when you all were talking that, I'm 37, and, and so I'm like nearing the end of my 30s. Oh, um, mm. But so it means I'm, but I'm writing this column for them, and you know the audience is much younger, and so mm, I've sort yeah. of taken on this role mm-hmm. of being our this, audience is younger too. Yes, yeah. okay. So taking on this role of being this like older queer person, and I'm An being uncle. Yes. Oh my god. This is- 
I but feel, it's so I cool. I feel like a gunkle yes. a lot of the time, yeah. But for me, like, especially I, I think I don't know that many trans people over 30. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, know maybe like a couple, you know, wow. trans trans men especially. I know yeah, some trans yeah. women, but... Um, and I there aren't that there aren't that many. I mean, we lost a generation of yes, gay men. So exactly. I'm 35, and like when I think of gay men, you know, right. 45 mm-hmm. to 50 plus, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to be the thing that you never, maybe couldn't even imagine, mm-hmm. you know. And I think yeah. that, that that's what, especially as I'm coming up on 40, I'm thinking a lot about like how there aren't people, there aren't that many people who are like me who are alive. Mm-hmm. And so it's so cool to be oh, one of those people, God. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crying. You know what's almost as good as being in your 30s being in your 20s i was just <laughs> i fran what's I your favorite st- thing about being in your 30s fran you know, I love what do you love it. about just it like, you know, oh my god i'm just fran how old are you i'm, I'm like 26 oh my god you're coming up on your saturday I'm return spiritually mm-hmm. 22 yep. 22 <laughs> you're like simultaneously spiritually 22 and like 60 <laughs> you're like perpetually like Old diana, curmudgeon. D- yeah. diana freelance like this is this shall not do i'm this excited for my 30s enough. that's what i can contribute to the conversation but also yeah i mean i will say i i hated everything about the it gets better campaign because mm-hmm. i felt like it was very classist uh, yeah. and geographically fucked up and yeah. very white um, but <laughs> for, I, mean, I, I do think that, you know, as we get older, new problems arise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but as we get older, we can do the hard work to grow into ourselves. And that is a, a gift and a blessing. Yeah. And in a way, Dennis, what you were talking about, the pain that we go through, uh, once we've sort of moved through it is a gift because it's, it teaches us that we survive that. And yeah. so we sort of feel as though not that we're invincible, but that we know that we have the capacity yeah. To survive. Snaps yes. to that. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. Still here, still queer. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rose. Glug, 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 glug. And also <laughs> our new home at Forever Dog. Like, <laughs> that was that was so mask of that, you. But that's like theme song. Um, our media partners into more an online magazine for queer news and culture. Our producer is the oven within which we put our buns in. <laughs> Alexandra Palma. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or Dennis will have to pick up another shift at Forever Twenty One. <laughs> She's already picking up that shift. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on all relevant social media. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. And I'm Thomas Page McBee. I have a new book out called Amateur True What Makes a Man. I'm also on all the social media, Thomas Page McBee. Yes. yes. Find us on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read and <gasps> join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's episode. I'll be there. Uh, no, I won't be there. Joe will, 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 will be there. My assistant will be there. I will be there just with crying <laughs> gifts. My one social after media the other. intern. Sign up for our <laughs> newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading and some. Uh, extra delectable <laughs> content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally email us with your questions thoughts concerns and dick pics, dick pics. at yes. foodforthoughtpodcast.com as always that's food the number four and thought spelled how t-h-o-t see you next week yeah we'll be back <laughs> 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 